Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s. And Erica went through a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey. We created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Courageous Wellness. We have a fun um, episode coming for you this week with Dominique Baker. Um, but before we get into the specifics and intro, Dominique, uh, we'll just do a quick update as we usually do. Erica, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Mercury is in retrograde and <laughs> I believe in it. It's definitely real. I'm feeling a little spicy this morning as we record, um, but I'm really excited about this episode with Dominique, who I first discovered her on TikTok and I really love and appreciate her content. So I think everyone's going to love this episode. So, um, but yeah, before we get into that, what is new this week? Well, if you listened last week, I think it was last week. I spoke about how I am taking a break from caffeine right now or coffee caffeine, um, due to my anxiety. I always, this happens whenever my anxiety gets bad. I notice a big difference when I do reduce my coffee consumption. Um, but with that said, coffee does bring me joy and we're not about restriction here at courageous wellness from things that bring us joy. So while I am primarily drinking matcha again and chai, um, I am trying to superfood my coffee to make it, uh, work in my system a little bit better. And it has been working. So for anybody else who struggles with drinking coffee, but loves the taste and loves like the ritual of a hot or iced cup of coffee in the morning. Some things that have been helping me is to just to balance the caffeine to add superfoods to it. So be that a healthy fat or some adaptogens to help yeah. whatever's going on in my it body. It actually helps um, from like a hormone perspective too. That's what I recommend for people who like want to continue to have that caffeine in the morning, but want to have um, maybe less of a cortisol spike when our cortisol is already highest in the morning. Um, from the caffeine beverage, you can like use, like you just said, add adaptogens, add some, um, fats and it will help the, uh, blood sugar spike that actually can happen when your cortisol spikes as well. So yeah. So is it, it it's working well for it, you? You feel a different? Been. And so, yeah, so I'm alternating between either like decaf coffee, like a decaf superfood cup or, um, a couple days a week. I'm really liking some brands that I've been enjoying is clever blends is a mm -hmm. really cool. I really like their chai. It's the chai I use as well. Um, it's made locally for us out here in Santa Barbara, California, and it's female, owned, um, I think female founded as well. Yeah. So I, I really like it, but they have a, it's like adaptogen mushroom, oat milk, coconut sugar, instant coffee. So it's all real ingredients and it's like an instant latte and you just add hot water or you add, you know, extra milk of your choice. And it's yes. really delicious and really tasty. And so clever blends I've been really enjoying. Um, also when I do make my own like decaf cup, I will add the Saqqara, um, metabolism super powder to it, which has such good for your gut ingredients. Yeah. And it's just so good for you. And that's been helping. So a decaf cup with that, like rich chocolatey yeah. decadence 
superfood metabolism powder. And we have a code for anybody who hasn't tried it and wants to try it. You can always save 20% on your first order with code XO courageous, but, um, yeah. So either a decaf cup with the metabolism super powder or clever blends and, yeah. and even four sigmatic has really good instant mushroom coffee. Um, I actually, I love their mushroom coffee, but I like like their lion's mane. So I'm all about like putting like a four sigmatic lion's mane in into the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I do that too, as well. Like if I'm making a latte, but I also want to add some adaptogens and these come like, yes, they're mushrooms, but at the, and I actually like one of the foods I don't like in life is mushrooms. <laughs> it's just like a weird texture thing. And yes, people always say, but what about this kind? But what about this kind? Like thus far in my 35 years, it's, it's all mushrooms for the most part. Um, but I know the health benefits of it. And what I love about something like four sigmatic is that because it comes in powder form, it's like almost flavorless when you put it in a coffee. And so it's super easy. I do it all the time. I love it. And, um, we also actually have a code for them. So if you're going to order anything and you want 10% off from four Sigmatic, you can use the code courageous at checkout if you want to try that. But yeah, yeah, there's so many wonderful options. And like you said, it really, um, it actually really can make a huge difference in the way that you process the caffeine and the way that it sort of affects your blood sugar and your hormone levels too. Yeah. So it's working for me. So I'm feeling much better. I'm also starting the day outside, getting fresh air, all that, all that good stuff that we know works for our system. So what about you, Allie? What's new for you this week? Oh, well, um, I've actually gone back to like for the first time in 18 months, I've gotten to see some live music, which has been Mm. really wonderful. I don't know why it's all like falling in the next, in this like past week and then the next week, but, um, some bigger outdoor shows, which is great. And then some, um, smaller like shows with friends. And it's just so wonderful to like see live music again. I just forgot how much like the experience of something live is, um, just like you can't create it, you know, on a screen or listening to it at home. It's just not the same. So that's felt really lovely. Although I'm tired, I'm not used to like going to an evening show. It's like what happened? It's like when you stay home for a year and a half, that's what happens. Um, but so that's been really nice and like a big part of my wellness because I love the arts so much. And, um, we are starting to be really consistent. Like Erica and I have done these little challenges with each other and then we've extended it in September. We extended it to our community. We did the walking 10,000 steps a day challenge. And that was wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we did that with the CW community and then you and I are now also trying to be consistent with even 15 minute Melissa Wood health, um, exercises using, you know, your own body weight for some strengthening. And it's sort of like a Pilates yoga based exercise, but what's so great about her is that like, what I love is how accessible her price point is. It's unlimited workouts on her platform for under $10 a month, which we're all about. And then, um, she offers like really accessible, like little mini workouts too. Like if you only have 15 minutes or you're on a park, like out in a park bench or you're, you're like kitchen counter, you know, she, she uses sort of these functional movements that you can do anywhere without props, if you don't have them without. And so it's a variety of stuff, but that's what I love because no matter what you can sneak in that kind of movement through her platform. What really too. So we did it. We committed to each other. We were like, we're going to do it for five days this Mm -hmm. week. We're going to do it Monday through Friday. And we did it. And they're short. Like Ali said, they're like 15, 20 minute workouts. One day it was like 30 minutes, but, um, by the end of the week, it's like you're low key sore, you know? So it, it builds up. It's so I I've done it before where I've been consistent with her workouts and I'm like, ah, oh, like my abs, Ooh, yeah. my booty, Ooh, my arms. But because you're not killing yourself, it's, it's like a slow, gradual burn, which yeah. I really like and appreciate. And again, I think like right now in this season of my life, I'm all about just keeping little promises to myself. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, I like that be it the 10,000 step a day challenge last month or this, like, let's commit to five days a week of short intentional movement. I just want to keep promises to myself right now. So, and it's fall and it's cozy season and I baked, Oh, I baked this week. I baked um, 
pumpkin, I stress baked pumpkin chocolate chip, <laughs> um, paleo cookies, and they're good. They're not the best I've ever met made. I'm going to bring you some today. They're, they're good. They're, you know, I like sugar. And so they're paleo pumpkin chocolate chip cookies. So they're good, but they're not like, you know, they're not like, they're not like full cookies, of refined sugar. <laughs> they're good for my anxiety and you know, my overall health. So yeah, no, they're really yummy. I'm just, uh, yeah. I'm being it's always myself, good to but... like channel stress into a creative activity and <laughs> baking is definitely one of those things. So, yeah. um, that being said, Yes. Uh, we have an episode to get to and yes, um, let's do it. Yes. So let's intro Dominique today on the podcast. We have a wonderful conversation with Dominique Baker. Dominique is a Canadian based fashion and beauty influencer with a strong voice in Ottawa's black community. Since launching her blog style domination in 2015, she has amassed a global fan base. Dominique shares her life through beautiful imagery and compelling storytelling that speaks to her fans on a personal level. She's been featured in the guardian flair the kit and city line. She also hosts events for dress for success, the gem conference, the modern day wife, and has been named a United way person to know for the past three years. On this episode, we learn all about Dominique's nonlinear journey to living her dream life. She shares her courageous story of leaving her previously established career to follow her passion and start her blog in her 30s. We also dive deep into Dominique's decision not to have children and the community she was able to cultivate of other like-minded women when she opened up publicly about this on her platforms. Enjoy the episode. It's a really great one. This episode is brought to you by Ned. Let's talk about CBD. The CBD market feels really saturated these days, doesn't it? It seems like you can get it at any coffee shop or grocery store, and many CBD brands actually source their hemp from industrial hemp farms in China. The brand that we love, and more importantly, the brand that we trust, is Ned. Ned produces some of the highest quality CBD available in the world, and Erica and I only partner with brands that we ourselves use. Ned shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process all right there on their website. How's that for knowing exactly where your CBD comes from? We have both been longtime users of Ned. I rely on the full spectrum hemp oil to help with my anxiety and the hormone balance blend has been a game changer as I transitioned off of birth control. But today we want to talk about Ned's brand new product, which has been in development for over a year, the de-stress blend. We recently got our hands on a sample and could not be more obsessed with the benefits and the effects. This one-to-one -one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full spectrum hemp and check out these ingredients. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. Ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health, a key player in your mental health. And cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Also, Ned's quality speaks for itself. The products have over 1,500 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Carolyn Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two-time guest on this podcast. If you want to try the new De-Stress Blend from Ned, a brand that we love and trust, we have a special offer for the Courageous Wellness audience. Every order over $40 qualifies for 15% off plus a free de-stress blend sample. Go to www.helloned.com forward slash CW podcast or enter CW podcast at checkout to take advantage of this offer. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash CW podcast to get 15% off plus a free de-stress blend sample on any order over $40. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring our program and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. 
We are so excited to offer our listeners a new discount to one of the best probiotic supplements on the market, Seed. Whether you are a Patreon member in our nutrition community or a regular listener of the podcast, you know that Ali and I are both very serious when it comes to the importance of gut health and building a thriving microbiome. I personally have been using seed for months and have noticed a big difference in my digestion and bloating. I am now devoted to taking seed every morning before food and I'm really excited to share their daily symbiotic with our audience. The formulation of the daily symbiotic combines a probiotic and prebiotic, is vegan and gluten-free, and includes 24 clinically studied naturally occurring strains not found in yogurt or fermented foods and beverages, and lives up to the highest standards for human and planetary health. Yes. In addition to being a really reliable probiotic and prebiotic supplement, Seed is committed to creating science-based education for all those that partner with them through accountable advertising at Seed University. This is where we are all committed to not spreading misinformation about health on the internet, which is pretty important. Also, I personally love their commitment to sustainability with a refill system and all recyclable or biodegradable packaging materials. Erica and I only advertise products that we use and feel are of benefit to us and by extension could be of value to our community. If you would like to order Seed Daily Symbiotics to incorporate into your own gut health routine, Go to seed.com and use Courageous15 at checkout for 15% off. Or click on the link in our show notes or the link tree on Instagram. So welcome, Dominique. We are very excited to have you here and to have this conversation today. Um, We're big fans of yours. So to get things started, can you tell us a little bit about your background and your personal journey to wellness and the work that you do today. Okay. So firstly, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm honored. Um, A little about me. So uh, I was born in London, England. My parents immigrated there from the Caribbean and they brought me over to Canada like when I was just a wee one. Sadly, I don't have the cool British accent. (laughs) And uh, yeah, they raised me um, in a really lovely Uh, part of the suburbs here in Ottawa, Canada. And I went to university and everybody in Ottawa, this is a like big government town. It's where our parliament is. And, you know, once you finish university, everybody sort of expects you to go into the federal government. And that's exactly what I did. And I worked uh, for the government for 14 years. And while I'm appreciative and happy for the opportunity, it most certainly wasn't my passion. So I started a blog, Style Domination, in 2015, and I adored it. It was my husband who suggested that I started really in a fashion and beauty, and I was doing fun things around the city, and he felt that people would love to read about that. And yeah, so I started in January of 2015 and uh, experienced a lot of success right off the bat. Uh, very grateful. And, you know, I'm 43 years old. And my entire life, I've been hearing, you know, you grow up, you get married, and you have kids. And uh, on TikTok, I created a TikTok video about what it's like to be my age and child-free. And it went viral. And it really started an important discussion with a lot of women I know and, and a lot of women who were following me. And what I... Thought, like it was mind-blowing like I knew a lot of women it's sort of a taboo subject right you don't want to come across as not liking kids or anything like that but what I learned was that so many women felt the same way um, a lot of pressure to have children when they weren't quite ready to have them so uh, that has become a part of my wellness my health and wellness journey uh, that you know if you follow me on my platforms like Instagram you see that I talk about that a lot And coming to terms with my child-free decision and, you know, leaving my cushy office job to do this full time has been like a bit of a roller coaster ride. But the more I talk about it, the more, you know, confident I feel and I'm building strong relationships with like-minded women. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. (laughs) 
Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, there's so many aspects to what is a part of your, your blog and your brand that Erica and I are interested in, but I think this conversation that you said that you've really engaged many people, many women in is this conversation about making the choice to be child-free. And historically there is a lot of, um, I think stigma, sometimes pressure um, on women that motherhood is a part of sort of just like the identity or needs to be a part of that experience. And even for so long, it was called, you know, being childless rather than being, being child free. And I like, I love that there's a change in the language that we're using surrounding that because it's a really valid, important, oftentimes like really responsible decision. Um, And, and, you know, childless carries a negative connotation like you're less than right and um I now know at this age that it's the right decision for me and I I feel fulfilled and I'm not I'm not lesser of a woman because I'm not a mother yes I think that's that's the key component to this conversation that even if women choose motherhood motherhood this is something I've been thinking a lot about motherhood doesn't um necessarily have to be like, yes, it's a component of someone's identity or, or whatever. It's a component, just like many other things can be rich components of our lives and the choices we make and who we are. But it, like you said, it doesn't make you less than or more than if you make that decision. And, um, I, I love that. I just, I guess what I'm saying is I love that the language is changing. I love that you use that language. Cause I do think it's more empowering and just more like defining as a choice that, you know, the, an individual has made rather than, um, something that they're lacking. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, it's so interesting because so many young women, are unsure or have made the decision not to have children. And so I'd love to like unpack for any of our listeners who are there, who are choosing maybe not to have children or who are unsure. I think as, as we've been talking about that stigma or even myself, I've been married for six years now and we don't have children and are unsure if we will, it's always like, when are you going to start a family? Right. Which is, insane because my husband and I are a family. So we've already started a family, but I'd love to start even at the beginning, right? When you and your husband made this decision, kind of how did you navigate the response or how did you navigate kind of making that choice for yourself? So in our late twenties, okay. So I'll just back it up a bit. I I did want, I did want to have children in my twenties. I really loved the idea of being a young mother. And, um, you know, I also recognize now that that was what was expected of me, especially as a Black woman, you know, becoming a mom and, you know, having this big loving family is just like a non-negotiable. Everybody expects that from you. Um, I realized throughout my 20s as I approached my 30s that I I just, I I didn't want to have kids anymore. And I felt very comfortable with that decision. My husband and I sat down and, you know, we discussed it and, and, you know, he was never really into parenting. And I knew that, you know, I, I always encourage women to obviously have this discussion before you get married because you don't want to be severely disappointed and, and potentially have a happy marriage turn into an unhappy one because we didn't discuss this massive life decision together. So um, we had talked about it before we got married and he was always okay with the fact that I wanted to be a mom. But then as I was in my late twenties, I I just realized it wasn't for me. We sat down, we talked, we came to a decision and that was great. When people would ask me all the time in my late twenties and thirties, like, when are you going to become a mom? Or, you know, they'd ask me about kids and I'd say that I wasn't going to have any or I'm child-free or whatever. And they'd always respond with, or you'll change your mind, or the ever annoying, 
but mixed babies are so cute. You'll be missing out. Like all babies are cute. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just, my husband's white, by the way. Um, that's why I say that. And sometimes I would encounter people who'd ask about it and they'd get angry when I'd say, oh, I, I don't want kids and I'm not going to have any. So, you know, you just try to take their responses with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can be quite hurtful. You know, I have friends who can't conceive and then some tactless person comes along and, and starts hammering away with right. these sort of like pregnancy questions and it's very hurtful. So I either shut people down right away when they start on me with it or, you know, I, or I'll turn it around on them. Like, why did you want kids? Why did you become a mom? I, I always do so with grace. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings unless they're being rude. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I navigated that. That's how we both did. But you know what I find interesting is my husband never, ever, ever got those questions. Yeah. 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 Wow. It's unbelievable. Sometimes what some people feel yeah. like, okay, saying. Um, Definitely. And yeah. And I, I do think you're right. A, I think it happens to women way more than men, but even I always, it's always fascinating to me because something like pregnancy is a part, you know, such a personal decision, um, and motherhood. Yeah. And it ultimately has to do with like what someone also not only wants for their life, but like the choices that they're making with their body. And, um, you know, it's, it's sort of goes align along with the fact that like sometimes when people, when women are expecting, you know, people asking questions or assuming things about the pregnancy or like feeling okay to comment on someone's body or touch their or touch stomach. them. Yeah. 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 And it's sort of like all, all of it, whether it's a, a comment on not having it or a comment on having it, it's like such an invasion of someone's personal space and personal decisions. And I just think it's, it's one thing if it's like a family member who, you know, you're really close with and you have like a, a deep discussion where you're opening up to them, but like people who like just randomly ask these things, I just find it so fascinating. But I think that's like a really graceful way that you, as you said, to, to handle those situations, does it ever, did it ever get wearing? I mean, did it, did it ever just like, I don't know, I feel I, and I, I found like when I'd encounter people who wouldn't let it go, that's mm -hmm. when I felt like it really, like it really would wear on me the constant yeah. having to explain to them why I chose to go child-free, uh, you know, and then after a while it just got intrusive. So I'd shut them down or, yeah. or, you know, yeah, just end the conversation steer in a different direction. Um, I, I would say in, in my late twenties, early thirties, it was hard. Like everybody, everybody would ask about that. I feel also, you know, times are sort of changing. Maybe mm -hmm. it's becoming more accepted. Uh, but from what I see on Instagram and my TikTok, a lot of young women deal with this regularly. Yeah. So what is your most common question or comment that you get from your um, followers on the platforms about your choice, or is there anything they're most curious about or anything they feel, um, like that they ask you or feel yeah. need to be supported by? So there's two that I get all the time. And that is what made you come to this decision? Like, how did you feel comfortable enough making this decision to go child-free? And secondly, how do I deal with my significant other who really wants to have kids, but I don't want to, what should I do? I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> um, and that's where I always say it's maybe not always helpful, but you need to have this discussion before you get married or before you commit. Yeah. It's, it's fair to, it's only fair to both parties. So yeah, yeah. those are definitely the two, two questions I get. Thank you. That's, um, that's interesting. And yeah. I wonder, do you have any advice for anyone who's perhaps didn't have that conversation and is now dealing with, um, sort of a difficult circumstance yeah. if you're not on the same page as your partner? I always say that you got to communicate. Um, everybody says that healthy relationships are built on love and trust. 
I truly feel it's built on solid communication. (laughs) Um, If you are in that spot where, you know, your husband or boyfriend or whatever really, really wants kids and you're unsure, just talk to them, Uh, lay it all out on the table and be clear about your feelings and, and how you hope to proceed and make it clear that uh, it's really important to them that you understand how I'm feeling. And, you know, I hesitate to say compromise, because really, what's the compromise with having kids? I I just, you know, I I hear a lot on TikTok as well that, um, you know, people go ahead and have kids and regret it. Mm -hmm. And that's so heartbreaking. Imagine being that little kid and finding that out. So you don't want to put yourself in that sort of situation. So communicate, communicate, communicate. And just, but both parties really need to be open. And if you're sort of stuck with somebody who's obtuse and not willing to do that, then you've you've got some problems, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's so great. And I think, yeah, I think you're right too, that it's so interesting because I feel like this generation, like this Gen Z, this, like, I feel like they're questioning all of these things because as women too, it's just been so ingrained in us, right? Like even from marriage and children, right? You grow up you get married, you have kids, that's your life. And that's just not the case. And so many, so many women are either delaying having children until they're, I mean, it depends on where you live. You know, we're also, Ali and I are both in California and I grew up in Los Angeles. And of course I know many people I went to high school with who have children, but like most of the people I know are like just starting to get married in our thirties, you know? So I feel like things are changing a lot. Um, But yeah, I think asking yourself, this has been so big for me is like, why do I want kids, right? If I'm going to choose to have them or even with marriage, it's like, why do I want to get married? These social constructs, these things that we're told as women we're supposed to have and have to have to be whole are just untrue. And so dismantling that within ourselves has been, or for me has been very helpful. And, And again, I'm, I'm personally unsure, but that question of why, right? Like, is it for my mom who really wants grandchildren? <laughs> is it for, you know, like, who is it for? And ultimately, if I decide to have kids, I want it to be because I really, really, really want them, right? Not just because yeah, I think it's time for me to have them. So yeah, you're just, thank you so much. And I feel like in so many areas, Dominique, you're a trailblazer, right? Like you're thank you. a trailblazer on TikTok with this conversation and with even your fashion and your Instagram and just your blog, the way you've been able to kind of, I don't know if reinvent is the right word, but as you shared from your journey, right, you had this one path and you had this path that you could take and you really had the courage to change it up and try something new. And so where does that courage come from? Has this always just been a part of you or, um, you know, I feel like it's so hard to have courage and it's so much easier just to stay in the job or have the kid or do, right. Like where, where do you think, has this always just been something that's been a part of you or is it a muscle that you've had to work on? It's a muscle I had to work on. And I, I most certainly was that person. Like I hesitate to call myself a sheep, (laughs) but it was, you know, more or less going with the flow. And when I started my Instagram and YouTube and all that, I spent a lot of time just emulating people that I really loved and really inspired me. But it also, I realized soon enough that it was that these other people weren't me. And I felt that I really started to grow and feel more fulfilled when I I started speaking from the heart and from my own experiences. In January, I went through a really, really hard time personally. And that made me reevaluate a whole load of things. And first and foremost, I'm a skincare influencer. And as much as I love skincare and the look of healthy skin and, and all of that, it, it wasn't as inspiring and fulfilling to me as speaking about social issues. And when I started talking about mental health awareness and my child-free decisions, people, that resonated with people so much more than what is the latest retinol, you know? So, and it really filled my heart. I felt at the end of the day, 
I felt inspired by myself and it really healed me emotionally and mentally. And I start I started learning a lot too. I just, I felt at the end of the day, like I, I really put in a lot. I put my heart into things and yeah, I knew the muscle was there, but I, I had to find it and really start flexing it and working it out. Well, we're happy that you worked it out. But I, I think you actually make an interesting point as content creators of any kind. And I think maybe there has been more of a collective shift to this. We've seen it a little bit. We've certainly felt it too. That yeah. so it's not that, you know, like I'm going to use your example. It's not that like skincare, for example, isn't important or fun or totally wonderful to, you know, to share with people. But I think there's a collective shift happening in what really is important. Um, you know, social, the, the amount of social issues that we deal with, um, that like, and, and Erica and I've talked about this too, like that they're a wellness issue, like community wellness, like humanitarian wellness, like what, what is really, you know, some of the other stuff is important or fun in its own right, but like not when basic rights are basic rights know, being denied or not when people are, you know, experiencing like, you know, here we have so many people who are hungry in our own city. And so we've started to really broaden our own umbrella as far as what, how we defined even wellness in general, like, can we be well if like our community is not well, that kind of thing. So I think, you know, you speaking to the fact that you yourself have become more passionate about sharing mental health related things and, um, child. Yeah. For me, it really started last summer with the black Mm -hmm. lives matter movement. Um, that was very inspiring and freeing. Mm. And, uh, you know, for, for me personally, it was hard to talk about cosmetics and whatever, when all of this was happening. And then that sort of snowballed into the um, anti-Asian hate movement. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in Canada right now, there's a lot of awareness with Indigenous rights. Um, indigenous peoples of Canada have always been treated very well. And these social justice movements really inspired me and I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about my BIPOC friends mm-hmm. of all sorts. And, um, you know, that's a really great point. You know, how, how can I be 100% healthy if I walk down the street in my neighborhood and there's you know, a homeless person or, you know, I people I know can't enjoy the same rights and the same like you know joys of life that I have because they look different so on and so forth so that's actually when I really started talking about things that truly mattered to me on a social level social yeah definitely on a social level and it I have to say it just resonated so much with my audience yeah and uh, I just loved that Well, and as it should, because I feel like any content creator or podcast host or influencer who shies away from sharing these very important issues because they don't want to lose followers, it's like, who do you want following you? What kind of community do you want to cultivate? And I think that's so it's something Ali and I are very passionate about. And in our opinion is the biggest wellness issue, right? Like who can truly be well, if your community, your society is suffering and beyond suffering, like burning, right? So um, yeah, it's, it's the most important. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Milk and Honey. I have been using Milk and Honey's baking soda-free deodorant exclusively for over two years. This gentle, aluminum-free, baking soda-free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. When I decided that I wanted to make the switch to clean aluminum-free deodorant, I tried so many different brands and each and every time I was plagued with red itchy bumps under my arms on top of not feeling confident that I did not smell. 
Milk and honey not only once never gave me those pesky red bumps from their deodorant, but it also passed the smell test, even after an intense spin or hit class. It truly is the best and comes in two scents, lavender tea tree and lemon vanilla. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper-clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female-founded and funded brand, and in addition to clean deodorant, they also carry non-toxic bath, body, and skincare products like hydration creams, cleansers, soaps, body polish, and lots more that will make you feel nourished inside and out. Their online boutique also offers clean beauty products from top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, and more. If you want to try Milk and Honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CWPODCAST, one word, at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. This episode is brought to you by our health coaching subscription service on Patreon. The Courageous Wellness Collective has expanded on Patreon to bring our listeners and clients an all-access, accessible platform to educate, inform, and create nutrition and lifestyle habits to meet your personal goals. For $8.99 a month, patrons will receive weekly video content on topics ranging from blood sugar stabilization, gut health, hormone balance, energy, sleep, skin health, how to shop the grocery store, pantry staples, and much more. Included, you'll also receive access to monthly virtual webinars, recipes, and special guest content too. With this subscription, you are guaranteed at least four pieces of fresh health coaching content each month. To learn more and become a patron, visit www.patreon.com slash courageous wellness, or check out our show notes. We look forward to welcoming you to our coaching community. I'm curious now that you have really started sharing um, authentically, you know, what really, really is important to you. And it's of course gotten some, you know, traction. You were talking about the child-free video going viral. Um, and I know also like how sometimes we talk about like how, how can fashion intersect with wellness? Because you are also a fashion blogger and, um, talk about style. And I know you've done work with, different organizations. Um, I believe dress for success is one of them. Yeah. And so I'm curious, like, how do you see these two spaces continuing to, um, interact, um, and intersect for yourself and your brand and what, what do you find to be the most empowering aspect, um, to style, to personal style and fashion? Honestly, um, so to answer your last question first, when you cultivate and pinpoint your, your personal style, it's freeing and it boosts your self-confidence when you're no longer a slave to trends or trying to dress like somebody else, you truly find your personal style and you run with that and feel great and confident in what you're wearing. So like I speak. I used to speak before COVID, I used to speak to groups about, you know, finding your self-confidence through style. And uh, I'm, I'm a huge, huge advocate of that. When um, I love classic dressing, I, I love trends as well. Like some trends are so fun and it's really nice to, you know, like sprinkle trends through your, let's say capsule wardrobe, but dressing for yourself is so important. And when I started investing all that money that I was spending in fast fashion into classic, timeless pieces, I felt more put together, leading to a greater sense of self-confidence, which led me to take um, positive, calculated risks that really paid off. So, you know, 
what I mean by that is, you know, I, I would get dressed in something I truly love. I would feel beautiful. And that would give me the confidence to, let's say, network and get that contact for a brand I really wanted to work with or, you know, introduce myself to somebody I admired and whatever. I, I remember once I went to a networking event wearing an off-the-shoulder shirt. Remember when those were super in? But they're uncomfortable, right? Like you have to wear a strapless bra and then you have to keep your arms glued to your sides because if you lift your arms, it'll the you know off the shoulders would snap up and like strangle you. And you're always fidgeting to make sure it looks proper. And I remember just being so self-conscious and worried about what I looked, what what I looked like that I I I just didn't approach this woman. And I remember going home that night and thinking about that and feeling a little ashamed. And I, I, I immediately consigned that shirt and I started dressing for myself and dressing in things that I not only looked great in and suited my body, but felt comfortable in. Cause you do not look confident if you're sitting in a corner fidgeting, right? So when the pandemic hit and most, most employees of workplaces got sent home to work from home, sweats exploded and became the new trend, the new fashion must have. But I'd never wear them because it made me feel, I'm sorry, like I know not everybody looks sloppy in sweats, but it made me feel sloppy. So every morning I would wake up, have a shower and put on something that made me feel good. And, you know, that could be ca like a cash cashmere loungewear set or whatever. But as long as it looked, it was like clean and looked put together, it made me feel better. And I feel like just small things like that made the pandemic a little easier to deal with because I, I wasn't feeling, let's say, ugly and sloppy at home and moping around. So I, I'd, say, I'd say that to a lot of people because a lot of people would comment, they'd watch my stories. And I'd, I'd usually feature my OOTD of the day. And they would write to me and say, you know, where are you going wearing jeans and like a blouse or a little dress or whatever? I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. But this makes me feel good. And when I feel good, it makes me sort of forget about the pandemic and how I haven't seen my friends forever and my family in forever and so on and so forth. It just it was a small thing that really made me feel better. When I started writing about that, um, people really resonated with that also. And then I learned that there were more people like me out there than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good advice. And I love that we try to give practical sort of um, accessible tips on the show. And I think those are really important things to think about. I know it's something I struggle with. Erica's more of a fashionista than I am. <laughs> but um, I do think that idea of like, on days that you get dressed, you just feel differently and hold yourself differently, which goes back to also um, our mental health. Like you were discussing earlier, it's like all connected. It's all, if you look at health as this sort of holistic thing, it's like when you feel better, you're going to then like mentally and emotionally, it's going to have a ripple effect. Um, and I've tried to implement a little bit more of that, but I am. I do appreciate those kind of easy, I'm going to call them easy or more accessible fashion tips, because to be honest, I think some people are really gifted in that. Like some people are getting yeah. different aspects of like creativity and art and, um, they, they manifest in different mediums sometimes. And I'm always so, um, moved by people who like dressing themselves well comes more naturally because that's always been something that's been a challenge for me. So I'm curious if you're, if someone is like a novice, like feels totally just like doesn't know where to start, but wants to elevate um, the way that they feel in clothes. I think your your suggestion about classics, like investing in some classics, are really is really wonderful. Do you have any other tips, like where to start? Um, is sure. it getting sized, getting measured, like so that you can buy to feel good in your clothes? So um, when I was in university, I worked in luxury retail. Like I've always worked in luxury retail and then I got that government job. And what I tell everybody is um, if you want to level up your style, 
if you want to spruce up your wardrobe or you're just sick of your clothes and you want to do better, um, start with the lingerie. Get fitted properly for proper high quality underpinning. And, you know, you don't have to go to La Perla and drop $750 on one bra and a pair of underwear. You can go to Victoria's Secret and, and get fitted for affordable things. All I care about when I, I like, I would, I used to have a lot of styling clients as well. I would always tell them, if you can invest in high quality lingerie, if you don't have the budget for that, get fitted properly and wear underwear and bras that fit well so that you don't see them underneath a t-shirt or they give you that lift that you love and you don't have visible panty lines and stuff like that. And then the next step is if you have a budget, book like a consultation with a stylist. Um, a lot of high-end stores offer that. And then thirdly, I got on YouTube myself and I just searched for YouTubers who had a similar sense of style or a style that I wanted for myself. And a, a lot of these YouTubers are great. You know, they'll do any sort of haul. It could be Aritzia, H&M, Zara. And watch how they put things together. Watch how they dress for their bodies. That's another thing. Dress for your body. You don't have to look like a supermodel you know, to wear anything you want, just pinpoint your body type and dress for that, like accentuate your features. So yeah, I, I hit up YouTube and I looked for influencers that inspired me fashion wise. And I just drank all of that in and then applied those same, let's say styling principles to my own wardrobe. And lastly, uh, you don't have to chuck all your clothing away and start from scratch, shop your closet. You know, everybody has gems in their closet and, you know, dress around those pieces that you wear the most frequently, the pieces that you always reach for. A lot of women, you know, have these closets that are just busting at the seams. They buy the same things over and over again. They don't take stock of what they already have. Make a list of what you need. Like, what are the holes in your closet? Like, do you have a nice white blouse? Do you have a great fitting pair of jeans? Do you have a good quality pair of black shoes or whatever? Um, try to fill those holes in and then just go from there. Uh, I love magazines as well, like In Style, Harper's Bazaar is my favorite, whatever. But buy a few of those, download them online and get inspired by those. Like In Style's great because I don't know if they still do this. I haven't read it in a while. But they would feature, let's say, a pink dress with orange polka dots, and they would tell their readers to do a style challenge with a similar dress. And it became highly popular. And yeah, I, I, that really resonated with me. And I passed that on to my own styling clients. Like, try to style up something you already have. Think outside the box. There are so many tutorials out there that can be applied to your wardrobe. So. You just need to get out of your comfort zone and do it. Thank you. I think that's really good advice and I'm going to take some of it myself. So <laughs> I appreciate Great. that. No <laughs> yeah. problem. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I mean, these are such great tips. These are such, you're just such a wealth of knowledge. And I feel like if anyone listening doesn't follow you, they're definitely going to want to follow you now. Um, thank you. <laughs> it's been such a pleasure to follow you. And I'm so grateful to have found you on TikTok. So now as we begin to wrap up, we always conclude with three wrap up questions. And the first is what are some of your self-care practices and some of your personal self-care non-negotiables? Okay. So when I went through that, like, like a very personally difficult period at the beginning of the year, I started journaling and like every single day, um, I, I have a therapist and it was something that she would always recommend. I thought it was kind of corny. I used to journal as a kid and I totally stopped, but that really helped. And when I looked at my journal, I would reread it. I would see patterns of what made me feel bad and what made me feel great. And that really boosted my happiness. So that really worked for me. That's a self-care thing that I do every single morning. 
another self-care thing that I do, um, which is also a non-negotiable, is I walk my dog. We go for a good long, hour-long walk every single morning. And that just gives me a chance to think and connect with my little dog and take in nature. We live in a really beautiful neighborhood with a pond at the end of our street. And I just feel alive. And that is just, it just feeds the soul. The other self-care thing that I do is I will take a bath. Like, okay, I call Sunday nights my self-care Sundays. And I do a little hat, like at-home spa day. And uh, like at night, I will draw a really nice bath, have a bubble bath, and then do all of my nice skincare, like put on a mask, so on and so forth. And that just sets the tone for the week. And I just feel like I'm on cloud nine. Um, three non-negotiables for me. So yeah, the walking the dog. Um, I set concrete boundaries. With being an influencer, it feels like my ho- my whole life is online and people can get really intrusive. And when I started setting boundaries for myself and really sticking to them, my life got better. And just retaining a little bit of privacy, uh, it just, it it was really, really good. So that's a non-negotiable for me. Um, The other non-negotiable, and this is sort of hard to stick to, is I stopped being self-deprecating. That was totally me. Somebody would give me a compliment and I would be like, oh, no, you're crazy, or, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, you must be blind, blah, blah. I stopped doing that. And that's a non-negotiable for myself now. Um, Just accepting a compliment is food for the soul. And the fact, like, we kind of live in a weird time now. And the fact that, let's say, people are on Instagram and they've stopped mid-scroll to leave a nice compliment or a nice message, or somebody you're walking down the street and somebody says, wow, I really like your outfit. Like, that's so nice. And my non-negotiable now is just, you must accept that compliment and you must believe it. That's so that's great. what works for me. Thank you so much. That's great. Um, great advice. And yeah. All right. The second question we ask all of our guests is what does being courageous mean to you? Uh, I would say it, it, you know, it takes a lot of courage to talk to speak your mind and again, to set boundaries. Like when somebody's being unfair to you or cruel, having the courage to, to stick up for yourself, to stand up for yourself. Um, and also having the courage to, you know, step outside that, that box, follow your heart, um, do things that truly make you happy. Um, that's courage for me. I was really scared when I left my government job but I, I sucked it up and I did it because I, I felt like I was dying and it took a lot of courage for me to do that. And a lot of like personal will to get my finances in order, seek help, learn everything I could about being an entrepreneur, um, take those calculated risks. Um, that took a lot of courage on my part. Yeah. That's what courage means to me. Like just, just having the wherewithal to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And again, uh, gosh, everything you've shared so much has been so wonderful. And so the last question that we ask all of our guests is, do you have a book that has been particularly inspiring to you along your journey on any topic? Um, I always, I always say the help, which is a movie. And so it's a book that was turned into a movie and it's about um, a group of black maids um, and their experiences working for white women in the, in the South. And I watched the movie first actually and bawled my eyes out. And it just like, it resonated with me so much. I immediately went out and bought the book and I just loved every single thing about it. And again, I read that while I was going through a really difficult period in my life. And I felt that it gave me the will, the power, the strength, and the courage to just follow my heart like these women did. And yeah, it left a profound spark on me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I haven't read the book, but the the film is also a masterpiece. Stellar. Yeah. A masterpiece yeah. <laughs> in, in acting too um, with Violet. Honestly. Um, 
So thank you so much again for your time today. And if anyone wants to follow you and um, learn from you and uh, just find you on the internet, where, where can they do that? Uh, okay. So you can find me on Instagram at Dominique.Baker. I'm on TikTok and that's Dominique Baker official. My website is styledomination.com. And you can also find me on YouTube. Just search Style Domination. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.